Australia is filled with lots of cute things, and also lots of deadly things. The Irukandji jellyfish is that second part, but also a little bit of the first. At about the same size as a match head, these tiny terrors amble about the waters of Western Australia. Anything or anyone unfortunate enough to brush up against this near-invisible squish bag will find themselves in a world of hurt at best, and in a body bag at worst. So be careful in the water, because a cute little jellyfish just might take your life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you, the listener. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a small sea booger with a nasty sting. But more on that later. Hmm. Yeah. Sea booger. Yeah. <laughs> uh... We're talking about a very special sea booger today. A, her- a hurdy. A hurdy sea booger. A very... <laughs> a very uh, it's full of hurt. Yeah. It's not a hurdy sea booger. It, w- it doesn't really like herd things. No, but it, it can travel in groups if it, if the current brings it there. <laughs> into groups. Uh, that's right. You guessed it. We're talking about <laughs> the... Uh, Irukandji jellyfish. It's one of... Several. We're talking about a species that can be called the Irukandji jellyfish. Yes. Uh, otherwise known as the teeny tiny terror or the stinging squish. Oh yeah, it is. It's one of. It's both of those two things. <laughs> um, would you like to know what the uh, the science community refers to it as? Well, I, I could stand to learn a little bit about this. They call it an animal. Ooh. Because it's in the kingdom that you know, love, and are in. Okay, this one's an animal. The kingdom animalia. That's right. All right. <laughs> this one is an animal. Uh, phylum, Cnidaria, or perhaps Cnidaria. Cnidaria? Snide. It's a, it's a very snide comment. Uh, yeah, we've been here before because the... No, we have not been here before. I don't think we've done a, a Cnidarian before. The sea slug? The sea, the sea slug eats Cnidarians. That's right. Gotcha. It was the Cnidarian nightmare dragon. We've never done a jellyfish? No. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, class, uh, Kubozoa. Cubone. <laughs> Order, Caribdizi. <laughs> Wait, let me try that again. Caribdiadeida. Uh, <laughs> Caribdiadeida. Caribdiadeida. B and a D back to back. What am I supposed to do with that? Caribdiadeida. Well, same thing you do with abdomen. What do I do with abdomen? Crunches? I do crunches with this? Do crunches with carob data. Okay. <laughs> uh, family. Karukidae. Karukiidae. Yeah. Both of those sound good. Uh, genus. Karukia. Karaoke. <laughs> um, and then species is Karukia barnisi. Yeah, Barnesi. Barnsey also might work. Barnsey. Well, it's named after the megalomaniac Jack Barnes. I'm pretty sure that they named. I don't think he was in. I think somebody named it after him. He tried it on himself. <laughs> I don't. Th- I think he. Died. Jack Barnes. Yes. He did try it on himself. He's like, I'm. Well, if if listen, if I get if I purposely get stung by one of these guys. You you bet your bottom dollar that I'm gonna name it after myself. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be Rivera C. R- no, just Rivera. That that makes sense. 
Yeah, just an I at the end of someone's last name. Inconclusive. Pretty sure that Jack Barnes is the name of the vampire that Abraham Lincoln fights in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> or Hunter or whatever. Uh, but yeah, Irukandji Jellyfish. Actually, it's not... It is an Irukandji Jellyfish, but... Um, it An Irukandji Jellyfish is is any jellyfish that causes Irukandji Syndrome, which I'll talk about later. Okay. Um, what does it look like, though? Let's find out. <laughs> Uh, you asking me? <laughs> I'm about to tell you. The irukandji is a small jellyfish with a square bell and stinging tentacles. I like a, a square animal. It's, it's, a good, it's a good square. Yeah. It doesn't really go out on Friday nights. Nope. It, it always turns its homework in on time. <laughs> it's a jive square. <laughs> it is a jive square. Uh, the bell is translucent and can be shades of blue, white, or just completely see-through. It is a box jellyfish. So that, yes. That does make sense that it would be oh, yeah. square. It's a type of box jellyfish. You may have heard of those and shuddered because they're scary. Shuttered up your windows. Yes. Because you don't want them coming through your windows. For sure, no. Uh, shot of a t-shirt cannon or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually... That sounds like something the Joker would use. <laughs> that would be effective. Maybe if it just doesn't get like destroyed. It's still, across it, it doesn't stop the stinging lawn. from happening. I guess. Um, it can be difficult to spot any Arkanji in the water because it's nearly invisible, like you may have heard in the intro, Intro, um, because it's so transparent. Even scientists and lifeguards who capture them in buckets have a hard time seeing them. It's like, we got some. I bet you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can see like an outline. Yeah. So, and they're they're small. Because I said small, it's time for the listener's favorite part of the show. Except for this listener. You're not a listener? The listener who's going to oh, int- introduce oh. Medra. It's a, this is the part of the show where we talk about the animal's size and dimensions in relatable terms. And it's introduced by you, a listener. Uh, and today it's uh, introduced by a listener and also good friend of the show. Also, she has her own podcast called... On a lit class that's not for the faint of age. <laughs> if your age is very faint, yeah. If it's like if if some if you write it down and like you can't really see it very well, it's like with a with a dull pencil on laminate. Uh huh. If it's very faint, <laughs> then don't don't. <laughs> or it's if it's a small number. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's her. I think based on like the heart and soul she put into this intro, I think it's her. Her favorite part of the show. I think she hates it a lot. Uh, Well, let's listen to it. (laughs) Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Measure up, you monster. (laughs) Yeah, she hates it. That was... Oh, I got the opposite impression. And she hates you. No, I think she likes it. (laughs) She likes it a lot. She loves Measure Up, and she's probably going to just listen to herself and then... Exit or skip ahead for four minutes or whatever. No, she likes to listen to it and then tweet angrily about them. <laughs> uh, let's start. Let's start talking about the things she likes so much. Um, the height of the bell of the boulevard. Yeah, the bell of the boulevard bell or the bell. the bell of the Irukandji jellyfish is the squishy part, the most beautiful part. Yeah. Uh, they, which um, you also can't touch. You can touch this on 
other jellyfish because it doesn't sting you. Mm-hmm. There could be some stingy bits on the top, too. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jellyfish, where are your stingy bits? <laughs> Everywhere. Uh, it's 30 millimeters in height or 1.18 inches. How many jellyfish bells go into the height of the Liberty Bell? From stem to stern? <laughs> I'll tell you from what to what. Here's the hint. The bottom of a bell is called the lip, and the top of the, the bell is called the crown. So from crown to lip. Or okay. lip to crown, depending on what direction you like to go. Uh, Liberty Bell's like what? I think it's like probably a good two, three, three feet is probably a good guess. I've it's never a good guess. never actually seen it. I have. No, no, I haven't. Why did I lie? <laughs> why, why are you Why are you lying? Wait, I've I've been. I might have. You've just seen National Treasure a lot. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my only reference for the Liberty Bell. <laughs> uh, it might be a lot bigger than that, but I'm gonna go with three feet just to be safe. And um, oh, so that would put it at about thirty. Thirty. I'm gonna say thirty-two inches, or thirty-two. Um, Irukandji jellyfish. The Liberty Bell from crown to lip is 100% exactly three feet. Yes. <laughs> the answer is 30 jellies. Oh, I just did my math wrong. Yeah. Well, I just guessed because it was 1.18 inches. Yeah, one point, yeah, 1.18. It, good guess though. Nice. Uh, let's talk about the length of the tentacles. They can come in different lengths. On the same jelly, mm-hmm. uh, five to fifty centimeters. Let's go by the fifty, the longest tentacle, um, which is also nineteen inches. How many of the longest? Inches. Wow. Yeah, yes. How many of the longest tentacles go into the length of a lion's mane jellyfish tentacle? Oh, those things get to be like, what, like seventeen feet long or something like that. Here's a hint: the lion's mane jellyfish is the longest animal on earth. I'm going to take back that 17 feet long <laughs> situation. I mean, I, I'm in a half... What? Yeah. Blue whales being like 95 feet long? Oh, I forgot about the blue... No, I didn't. It's longer. <laughs> <laughs> it's longer than the blue whale. Gracious me. Oh, well, then I'll, I'll have to go with... Just, let's go with a solid... Um, 110 feet. And you said 19 inches, which is about... <clears throat> Hardly longer. I'll tell you what the blue whale length is after you guess. I'm pretty sure the blue whale is like 90-something feet. Um, all right, so I'm going to go with 80. 80, 80 jellies? Mm-hmm. 80, 80 or conjure jellyfish go into the lo- lion's mane tentacle. So the blue whale can be 82 feet for females, 79 feet for males. Huh. Also, like, can reach up to lengths of 98 feet. 90, okay, that's what probably what I was thinking of. The tentacle of the lion's mane can be 30 meters or 98 feet, 5 inches. That's heartily longer, uh, blue whale? <laughs> yeah, heartily. <laughs> uh, so that's 62 jellies. Okay. I was 10 feet off, but my math was, my guess math was wrong. Yeah. Are we done? We're done. So now we know this thing is small. Thanks, Megan, for bringing to us this part of the show. 
I, at least it wasn't like how Your many favorite part of the how show. many Irukandji jellyfish go into like Mars's weight. <laughs> uh, no, I wanted to talk about the lion's man. It's good because it's a it's a big scary jellyfish. It is, but this one's also scary, just not so big. It's a small scary jellyfish. It's small and scary. But before we talk about why it's scary, let's talk about why it's around. Why it's jellyfish? Let's talk about its life cycle. Uh, like other jellyfish, the Irukandji can alternate between the sessile polyps stage, sessile polyp stage, and the floating medusa stage. Okay, gross. Let's talk about what those things are. <laughs> they start out as larvae called planula, which are floating flat specks of nothingness. And then from nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> And then there's this. <laughs> <laughs> it's creation all over again. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mean... I mean, like, you have nothing, and then I'll, and then just one step above that is this. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's a planula. This is, <laughs> this is very close to nothing. Yeah. Uh, the planula use cilia to get around, which are like... Little hairs. Little hairs that move. And uh, they, they're looking for a good spot to anchor. They want to like, put down roots. Me too. Um, once they find a spot, they enter the polyp phase, which is when they look like, like a tiny little, uh, like a tiny little palm tree. Polyp is a disgusting word. It sure isn't. It, (laughs) it seems like a tasty breaded seafood to me. Polyp? Yeah. I just think of like. It's like scallops and popcorn shrimp together. Let's eat some polyps. See, I think of polyp. And I immediately think of... All you can eat polyps down at Red Lobster. Things growing in your intestines. Like uh, fungus in your intestines. Well, it is a thing that grows on a, like a reef, so I guess that's fair. But it, it, it you do get polyps in your intestines. That's and fair. And that's... Ugh. I, do, I get like little popcorn polyps, shrimp polyps right into my intestines when I eat it. Popcorn shrimp polyps. <laughs> uh, it's not a good word. Okay, so once they find a spot, they enter the polyp phase... The polyps are can like asexually reproduce, which means they reproduce by themselves, um, and they create polyp colonies. Mm. Um, in the polyp stage, they can be found in the benthic region of the ocean floor. We've talked about benthic. We, recently. you know what that means because of last time or the time before? No, it was the chitin. Oh, we talked about it. The be- what? The polyps. Ben- no, we talked about the benthic zone with the chitin. We also talked about it with the goby. We talked about it with the goby. Did we? So it wasn't last time. It was the time before. Okay. No, then we must have talked about it with the goby. Yeah. They're benthic feeders as adults. Yeah. Um, so the mature polyps break off into free-floating ephyra larvae, which are like, can be like star-shaped or like, just just look like an animal. It looks like some nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like some plankton nonsense. Um <laughs> Um, so phyto nonsense is what it, the official official term. Those of larva then morph into medusa, medusae. As medusae, they float freely close to the surface to catch prey. Um, prey are stu- stung, paralyzed, and taken into the bell for digestion. Now, medusae, the medusa stage is the stage that you think of when you think of a jellyfish. Yes, yeah. The bell and the uh, ball and the, what? The bell of the ball. Bell, the bell of the tentacle. <laughs> um, so Medusa, Medusae sexually reproduce um, with one another by releasing sperm and eggs into the water, which produce planula, and the cycle continues forever. It's very lazy of them. Mm-hmm. 
Is that the general info? That's time for, the general info. It's time for your the 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 not the not superior officer. Well, the inferior officer. <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of superior officer is in in military language. Your subordinate. There it is. Major yeah. facts. <laughs> <laughs> Reporting for duty. All right. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a story. It's kind of an intro. Last year, an Australian teen was seen swimming uh, near an island off the coast of Western Australia. What news? When she felt a sting on her shoulder. Oh, here we go. But she had been getting stung by other jellyfish and sea lice all day. So she was just like, this is another sting. It's not a big deal. Soon afterward, however, her stomach started to cramp. And minutes later, she was collapsing in pain. She felt like her heart and lungs were collapsing and exploding at the same time. She also felt a sense of impending doom, like she was she needed to bid everyone goodbye, like she was going to die. Mm. So she was uh, rushed to a hospital and airlifted to Perth. Uh, so she was in northwestern Australia. Um, there are no major Australian cities up there, and Perth is like way down south. So this is like being in like. Uh, like Seattle and having to be airlifted to like San Diego or something like that. It's really far away. So it took took a while to get there. Um, And the pain was so great that they had to induce a coma for her. Um, And she was in that coma for a few days. And even after the coma, she was still in pain. And despite never having experienced it, she likened it to intense labor pains. Yikes. Like the stomach cramps and things like that. After two weeks... She was discharged, but kept having to take painkillers for a few weeks afterward. Oh, my goodness. So this is like you get stung once by this thing, and for at least a month, you have to take painkillers. And you might have to you might have to go into a coma just to deal with the pain. Um, they learned that she had been stung by an Irukandji jellyfish um, and was suffering from something called Irukandji syndrome. So uh, any... Like I said earlier, any jellyfish that produces Irukandji syndrome is an Irukandji jellyfish. There's like six of them. Um, and the Karukia barnesi is one of them. Probably the most common. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is named after the Irukandji aborigines who live in Queensland. Um, and uh, all the jellyfish that produce this syndrome are box jellyfish. Which I've always known box jellyfish to be like the deadliest ever. Yeah. Uh, despite all this, only two deaths have been reported from the Irukandji jellyfish. Because if it's treated in time, I mean, as long as you're not swimming out there for two hours after you get stung, you should be okay. I mean, you should be able to find help. Mm-hmm. Um, jellyfish are brainless, so they don't sting out of spite. And in fact, they don't really even sting on purpose. They have specially designed cells called nematocysts, which contain spring-loaded harpoons that are activated when touched. So, as soon as it brushes up against something, these nematocysts harpoon, then inject this toxic venom into their prey, their attacker, or some unsuspecting Australian passerby. Mm. The venom causes muscle cramps, back pain, nausea, uh, chest and abdominal pain. See, I had to write... Uh, abdomen with a B and the D next to each other. Um, <laughs> and you struggled. See, yeah, it's yeah. hard. Um, sweating, high blood pressure, and breathing difficulty. It is treated with vinegar first. Um, 
like most jellyfish things, uh, painkillers, and nitroglycerin to prevent cardiac arrest. Oh, yeah. And there is no antivenom for this. Okay. So you get stung. It's basically support treatment. It's let's get you through this. <laughs> Prepare for the worst. Uh, so there's like impending doom is a you can also feel it when you have a heart attack. That's like the other time you might feel this that symptom. Mm-hmm. The, the Your brain heart is attack, like... strokes and delirium tremens, alcohol withdrawal. Oh, really? Yeah. Impending doom. I wonder wh- how that's triggered. I wonder what that's like. To feel like, I'm going to die. <laughs> is it just like, I am in a lot of pain, so it must be deadly pain? Or is there a psychological thing that happens? I think we're all trained to know, like, so if something's going wrong with your heart. Chemicals in your brain tell you yeah, bad stuff's bad happening. Bad stuff's about to happen. But also, uh, my wife is a nurse, and she humble says brag. that... Oh, uh, yeah, humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> and she says that people... Um, if a patient feels like they're going to die, you really need to pay attention to that. If they tell you, like, I feel like something really bad's going to happen, don't just brush that off. Like, something bad might happen. It's their body telling their brains subconsciously that, like, hey, so stuff's about to go down or off or who knows. Yeah. What about hypochondriacs? Think that all the time. Um, you just risk it to get the biscuit. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and the you, biscuit is... Saving person's life. You investigate all everything. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I've got for the Irukandji jellyfish. A, a, a little near invisible little squish bug that if you touch it, it will put you in a month of pain. A full month of excruciating agony. So yeah, like they literally drag the water to make sure there's none in there. And if they, f- like lifeguards will put on a suit, like a special suit that will help them not get stung. Then they'll drag the water and look at the things that they've caught. And if they find one of these, then they close the beach for the day. Oh, I would too. Yeah. Cause but just like thinking about that, like he dr- gets up in the morning and drags the water with like a net, mm-hmm. a special net. And if it's not in there, you get to go in the water. If it's not in there, he has a job for the day. <laughs> More like I'm never going in the water <laughs> in these areas. Because, yeah, you might drag it in the morning, and then I go in at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and there's a whole there's a whole school of them. I think there's probably rhyme or reason to the time that they do it. Like, if it doesn't show up, then... It's probably not going to show up for the day. Right, in the heat of the day, they might be in... I don't know. Can they, they control themselves? They can swim. Yeah. But most jellyfish just kind of go wherever the current takes them. They're very free, free, free-form thinking. Yeah. They, they go with the flow. That's it. That yeah. that thing. They uh, think outside the box. The jelly. box jellyfish. <laughs> so for you out there in Podcastia, come on in. The water's fine. Unless you're in northwestern Australia where the water's not fine. In that case, just keep a really, really, really sharp eye out for an Irukandji jellyfish here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Like most animals that live in and around Australia, the Irukandji jellyfish is mighty dangerous. But you know what else is dangerous? Not having measure ups. Then we have to do it ourselves, which means having to hear more of our voices. Nobody wants that. How can you avoid this, you ask? Just open up your voice memo recording app, hit record, say, sing, scream, whisper, chitter the words measure up into your mic, 
hit the email button and send it on over to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. Thanks for helping us out, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Played um, Drawful, and Andrew got the prompt Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and he just drew a picture of a gravestone with a sun shining on it. <laughs> what was that supposed to be? That she's about to die, <laughs> like she's old or something like that. But it was like it was so weird because everyone was like tombstone or sunny grave or something like that and then it's ruth bader ginsburg is in the <laughs> middle there and i was like did andrew either submit that or did he i didn't know that he had drawn it <laughs>